Hello, Veer here with you for a special SIN podcast, the Disunited States of America. It is a podcast where we go through US politics from an Australian perspective and delve deeply into the critical issues affecting the politics of America today. Today, we will be unpacking the South Carolina results uh, and Biden's win over there. Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar dropping out of the race. What does this mean? Super Tuesday coming up as of tomorrow with our analysis and predictions of the race. And finally, two um, special election and primaries which are happening outside of the presidential primary. But I reckon... Which uh, are ones which you should be um, out to look for. With me here, I'm joined by my debuting co-host Alexa. Hi. And you can follow us on social media on Facebook at the This United States of America Facebook page at facebook.com/tdsa. If you have any thoughts or comments on the podcast or any questions you would like to us to answer about U.S. politics, please message us or comment on our post, and we may read it on next week's podcast. But since this is um, Tuesday, the 3rd of March, there has been a lot going on in the past week in terms of the Democratic primary, with first off with South Carolina and their primary results. Now, Alexa, what's what happened there? Yeah, well, in South Carolina, as we know now, is um, Joe Biden definitely took an overwhelming win. And... It was definitely like an interesting one because we kind of predicted that and did think that would happen. But I guess the question is like, why did he take such an overwhelming win in South Carolina? Well, it is very interesting because in South Carolina, um, it's a very skewed demographic in South Carolina with... um, um, I can't remember where I got the statistic from, but 70% of the voters in South Carolina in this Democratic primary were over 45 years old, which uh, indicates that it's a very more mature age bracket um, of people voting in this primary. But um, also because um, in in South Carolina, it's a very heavy um, demographic of African-Americans, and that's where... Joe Biden's strength is 100% um, because as it is clear in South Carolina at least um, he won um, a big margin in South Carolina um, with um, if I can quickly mm. check um, he won 48.4% of the del- uh, of, of the vote share in South Carolina which places him well ahead of Bernie Sanders in second place with 19.9% of the vote share and that really indicates um in this case like the older African American voters in South Carolina really um bolstered Joe Biden's chances yeah. um in this race, because before this, he hasn't been having a good time in the primary race, mm-hmm. um, given uh, he was uh, the pr- vice presidential uh, vice president for um, uh, the last president, President Barack Obama. Um, you would have expected him to have a stronger showing in previous races, but as it was evident in Iowa and New Hampshire, he only got the best he got was fourth place. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent, and I think. Um, but obviously this like primary will give him a lot of momentum moving forward, especially like Super Tuesday coming up. Tomorrow, our yeah, time in Australia. Our time. Yes. Um, but I think, yeah, but obviously the win was quite predicted that um, Biden would take South Carolina, but 
the um, amount that he won by and that was what was quite surprising I think to a lot of people and um, everyone kind of did think or it was predicted that it would be like a closer margin but Biden definitely had a major majority there in comparison to everyone else. Oh yeah and it's definitely shown now in the um in the polling in South Carolina because he's won almost half the delegates available so there are 54 delegates um, available in the South Carolina primary and in case you're not aware of how the democratic uh, primary process works um, each state um, it has a proportion of delegates um, and those delegates um, are allocated to each state depending on how big their population is. Um, hence why later on when we talk about Super Tuesday, California and the state of Texas are the two biggest uh, delegate-bearing uh, states um, in the Democratic primary process. Um, and so in the first four states of Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada and South Carolina, because they're not particularly big states, they don't have a big mm-hmm. um, delegate share to give to the candidates. But the benefit of having of winning those states is the media attention because that's the only benefit you get out of winning these races because there are only 54 delegates in the South Carolina race, whereas in California you're being awarded 400 delegates from the state. So that's about eight times the amount of delegates you get from South Carolina. So it's all about the media attention. Mm. And definitely Joe Biden will be getting a media boost out of winning South Carolina uh, as of last week. Um, but yeah, any any other thoughts on this? Yeah, I think just like you said, the amount of momentum that winning these primaries and for Joe Biden, like South Carolina is so important and the media attention like you said um is so important going into the next few primaries and going into super tuesday um because it really kind of sets a tone on how like the rest of the voters perceive each of the candidates as well and yeah that i think is important to keep in mind yeah no for sure and it will be interesting to see um where this result goes because there are there are some media reports that say that, oh, this is the sign of Joe Biden's comeback, which, mm-hmm. you know, in some ways uh, may be true. But also, given the demographics of the voting bloc in South Carolina, I would be a bit cautious in trying to transfer the results of this race yeah. nationally um, because... You know, it is unique in the fact that it's an older demographic, but also African-American, like largely African-American demographic. But once we um, pivot towards Super Tuesday, that um, the states, like all the states involved in Super Tuesday is much more uh, representative of the U.S. population. So it will definitely be interesting um, to see where Joe Joe Biden's support goes um, come um, Super Tuesday. Um, but yeah, one final thing in terms of South Carolina, though, that is often missed by um, uh, media analysis is that South Carolina is a southern state as well. And so one thing that is often overlooked is it's a bit more of a conservative leaning um, yeah. state, um, particularly in South Carolina uh, with African-Americans. They are, they're more likely to be religious and so that really goes towards joe biden's favor um not so much in bernie sanders's favor because he is you know the first um jewish 
he would be the first Jewish presidential candidate if he were to win the nomination. Um, and, you know, that is working against him in this case in a quite a conservative um, state. Yeah. Um, so it will be interesting to see where that goes. Um, but, you know... I think uh, in in the in the state of South Carolina, at least, um, Joe Biden's tactic of uh, uh, every sentence using a noun, a verb, and Obama <laughs> seems to be working pretty well uh, by really associating. Really well. <laughs> um, but you know, it is a fair tactic in South Carolina, given their heavy, heavily, um, their heavy African American yeah. um, demographic. Um, so you know, go on, just keep on using uh, Barack Obama's name. See where that goes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's it for South Carolina. But up next we have um, the the recent news that uh, Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar are dropping out in the uh, primary process. So next up we have the um, news that. Uh, former mayor of South Bend, Pete Buttigieg, and also uh, Senator Amy Klobuchar has um, dropped out of the Democratic race. And it makes the Democratic race a bit more interesting, doesn't it, Alexa? It 100% does. <laughs> it definitely, I mean, the loss of two candidates has definitely like narrowed down the options for voters. Um, but it's also really interesting because both Buttigieg and Klobuchar have stepped down and said they endorsed Biden for um, the presidential nominee for the Democrats, And I think that's definitely a massive boost for Joe Biden going forward as well. Well, it is interesting you say that. Before, before I get mm. into my thoughts about that, I will introduce um, them um, to anyone who has been living under a rock um, recently, um, um, wondering who they are. So Pete Buttigieg was the former mayor of South Bend. Um, he has been a candidate for the Democratic nomination for this um, season. Um, he has not been in elected any elected office higher than the local level, um, hence why he was a mayor of South Bend. And so what he brought to this was his uh, relative youthfulness at age 38 um, compared to the other candidates that's um, running in this election. Um, and, yeah, he has had a mixed record in um, in being mayor of South Bend because while he is one of the first um, uh, openly gay um, presidential um, candidates, uh, per se, um, for this um, cycle, um, there has been issues with um, the South Bend uh, Police Department and his overall running of um, South Bend um, in in the fact that he has um, uh, fired an uh, African-American uh, fire chief. He has uh, demoted an African-American police chief due to very um, dubious circumstances and hence why he hasn't been going well, particularly in South Carolina, given the large African-American cohort there. Um, and so while he did win um, Iowa in terms of delegate count, um, he has not fared well after uh, Iowa and New Hampshire, which are notably uh, white-dominated states. Um, and so now that we move past New Hampshire, we're starting to see a bit of um, uh, quite a lot of states who are reflecting more of the diversity of the country. Um, in terms of Amy Klobuchar, though, she has been 
a United States senator from Minnesota. Um, she um, used to be um, a, a former prosecutor, a lawyer, um, and turned into a senator running in this race. And she has been really um, hammering home her Midwest uh, credentials, always bringing up the Midwest alongside Pete Buttigieg, um, uh, saying how well they represent um, uh, the rural areas. Um, and, you know, she... Yeah, she she has been a mixed. Uh, she has been receiving mixed judgment amongst the electorate because she is openly. Um, I was about to say openly boring. <laughs> that is um, that is kind of how she has framed herself because she has framed herself as a pragmatist and she is not um, here to give out freebies and she was well. Um, uh, she did a famous stunt where she made her audience members look under the seats and say, ha, huh, there's nothing under there for you. That's like uh, so mean. <laughs> but true. Yeah. <laughs> also true. And so she's she's authentic in a different way to Bernie Sanders because she's authentically, uh, I keep on thinking boring, but you know, like yeah, she, she's, she's, she's like... Real in her own way. Yeah. The way to put it. Like she's open about her moderateness and her yeah. centrism. And so I think that's what she was aiming for. Um, but yeah, it is interesting how both of them um, dropped out uh, yeah. before Super Tuesday, um, which yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Well, with Buttigieg particularly, it was, you know, it was predicted by a lot of people that he would kind of end up having to drop out, especially after Iowa um, and not having as much of, like, momentum after Iowa happened. Um, because, obviously, like, financially as well, to keep the campaign running realistically, it just wasn't possible for him to keep on going much further. What, his wine think. cave billionaires <laughs> couldn't, couldn't, couldn't fund him anymore? I mean, I guess so. <coughs> um, yeah, so for him, I guess, it was kind of something that happened but the fact that Klobuchar also dropped out so soon after he did as well I was quite surprised I mean you know it's kind of poetic justice in a way because Mm. like in the debates like Klobuchar has always like you can see the visceral hatred of Pete Buttigieg of of Klobuchar of Pete Buttigieg like every time she would try and find an opportunity to backstab him in some way and so it's kind of fitting that she um, drops out after him Um, but I think in terms of their timing it is peculiar um, in terms of both of them because I think they probably received some polling to suggest that they were both of them were pretty you know uncompetitive in the Super Tuesday state Um, but I'm surprised that Amy Klobuchar didn't stick in there because Minnesota, her home state, is part of the Super Tuesday state. And so, yeah, like, there was a good chance that she would win it. Like, she's slightly edging out Bernie Sanders in terms of um, winning her own state. But, you know... The fact that she didn't stick in there um, uh, to to fight out her own state is peculiar um, because, like, as you said, both of them um, endorsed um, Joe Biden, which is um, not surprising in terms of Amy Klobuchar because um, she is openly centrist and uh, openly a moderate, so it goes towards um, her political um, leanings. But, yeah, Buttigieg took about one or two days before he actually endorsed Joe Biden, so it is interesting to see um, the dynamics of that. 
Um, but yeah, so right now the field is narrowed down to Joe Biden, uh, Bernie Sanders, um, uh, uh, Michael Bloomberg and Elizabeth Warren and Tulsi Gabbard, which we haven't been hearing much because she really hasn't been garnering <laughs> much, much votes, if at all. Um, but yeah, that's what the field is narrowed down to. Um, but yeah, what do you think that the effect of Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar um, endorsing Joe Biden in this case is? I think it definitely gives Joe Biden a boost in the sense that, you know, everyone who did support Buttigieg and Klobuchar would be leaning towards him now. Um, and especially coming up to Super Tuesday and the state of Minnesota in particular, where Klobuchar obviously did have a chance of winning, I think it could definitely give Joe Biden a boost in those sorts of states where um, Klobuchar and Buttigieg were more like significant and they did have a chance of taking out a few delegates. Um, and I think it's definitely r- scary for Bernie Sanders as well that they've both turned around to support Joe Biden as right now Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders are probably the closest and most likely if we look at predictions to get the nomination. Um, and so it puts a really interesting spanner in the works for Bernie Sanders as well. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. My um, Where I would disagree with that analysis would be... Uh, in terms of so, in terms of polling, uh, in terms of the second choice mm-hmm. of people who support uh, Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar, so the second choice of Buttigieg supporters is mainly is pretty evenly spread across the remaining four candidates. So, um, given um, Buttigieg's decision to drop out, I think everyone gets an equal boost from right. Buttigieg supporters. But I feel like Amy Klobuchar's um, impact is more pronounced um, in this case because of her political leanings um, as an open centrist. Um, that really fills up the Biden lane a bit more. Um, and so it is um, interesting because um, if you're not aware in terms of the mechanics of the delegate count, for each state, every candidate to be able to earn any delegates must earn at least 15% of the vote statewide. And so if they do not earn 15% of the vote statewide, then they they cannot take any delegates um, for that state. And so in California, before the dropout of Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar, um, that was a real possibility for the remaining candidates except for Bernie Sanders because the two the two people who were closest to uh, to second and third place in the state of California was um, Warren and Biden, and so but they were just just reaching the fifteen percent threshold, and so there was a real risk that if everyone stayed in, then none of them, apart from Sanders, would have reached the 15% threshold, which would have meant Bernie Sanders would have run away with the California delegates. That and been and that is... And because California is the biggest state, that's 440 delegates out of a thousand... Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's a huge proportion of delegates that Bernie Sanders gets to walk away with. But now that um, Buttigieg and Klobuchar especially have walked, uh, have dropped from the race, that really puts Joe Biden in a much more competitive position um, into Super Tuesday because he's more likely to at least get 15% to be able to earn delegates from it. Um, And I think that was what was preventing um, 
a contested convention in this case where um, if you do not earn a majority of delegates in the final convention, so more than 50% of delegates, then it's essentially a fight out at the convention for whoever gets um, whoever gets the nomination because unless you reach, so you have two rounds of voting in the convention. In the first round, it's just the, the delegates that are pledged to you from the primary process. In the second vote, that's when um, you have to narrow down the field to just two candidates. Um, and also, um, so the delegates can move around in the second round between the two candidates. But also, you've got super delegates, which are yeah. part of the Democratic Party, Norm normally um, senators, congressmen, people who work at the Democratic Na National Committee. Um, and they get to form part of that second round voting as well, which is a bit controversial um, in many aspects because it's sort of... Um, not reflective of the will of the people in yeah. that case. Um, so it will be interesting to see how it turns out. But yeah, Alexa. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to ask also, so now what happens to the delegates that were originally assigned to Buttigieg or Klobuchar? Well, the thing is, in, in terms of uh, Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar, so technically they've suspended their campaigns. Okay. Now, what that means is that they're, they're stopping... Um, they're stopping. They're no no longer running um, in the future states that are yet to be primaried. But right. remember that the ballot papers have already been printed, so their names are still on that. So you know, even though they're not physically running, you know, people can still vote for them. And okay. at the final convention, um, after all the primaries are done, then at that convention, that's where. Um, the candidates who have suspended their campaigns, so right now it's Klobuchar and Buttigieg, can direct their delegates to their chosen um, candidate. So in this case, it's likely to be either Sanders or Biden or maybe Bloomberg okay. at this case. Um, so even though they're stopping their campaigns, it doesn't mean that they don't have an impact in this race. They still have an impact in it, just not as big as they would have um, in terms of running the race. But yeah, any yeah. final thoughts on that? Um, no, not really. I think we've covered it most of it. I think, yeah, it's just going to be really interesting to see how Super Tuesday plays out and what happens after that yeah and i think i reckon like it's a smart choice for pete Buttigieg and amy klobuchar to drop out mm -hmm. before super tuesday because it gives them a bit of leverage as well yeah. if they decide to run um for the presidential candidacy in future yeah um because if they if they if they um stick it with it with super tuesday and they lose a lot of states then if they ever run in future in future presidential candidacies then the debate the question is going to be like well last time you ran and uh, you lost a lot of states well. you know so why should we pick you as president so yeah. at least you know it is a smart move yeah. uh, which really makes me wonder why elizabeth warren is still in yeah. the race um, because right now she ha doesn't have much of a path to um, to um, the convention at the, this point because her vote share is so low with just eight delegates. Right. When um, yeah, when Sanders and uh, Biden are above forty, so you know it'll be interesting to see where that goes. For sure. But yeah, up next, we've got um, Super Tuesday, our analysis and predictions of that race. 
So now we're going to be talking a bit about our Super Tuesday predictions and what we really think is going to play out tomorrow. Um, and so for those of you who might not know, the reason Super Tuesday is called Super Tuesday is because there is a massive amount of delegates up for grabs and allocated to the candidates. And so I think it's about one third of the total amount of delegates that there are. Um, but yeah, what do you reckon is going to happen, Via? Yeah, it is um, interesting now that um, Buttigieg um, and Amy Klobuchar have dropped out because it has made things a little bit more unpredictable in terms of um, Sanders' case um, because prior to Super Tuesday, he was pretty much going to run away with um, the Super Tuesday delegates um, because... in terms of the progressive vote, you've got Sanders and, to an extent, Warren taking up that lane. And yet, for the moderate vote, slash centrist vote, you've got, what, Biden, you've got Buttigieg, you've got uh, Bloomberg, you've got Klobuchar, you have... Um, I'm forgetting someone as well. <laughs> um, Klobuchar... No, I've, I've forgotten. But, you know point is there's so many people taking up the moderate lane that they're splitting up the votes so much that there was a chance that none of them would get fi- above the 15% threshold um, but now that it's narrowed down it's just down to Sanders, Biden and Bloomberg at this stage um, because um, if you look up um, 538 um, for those of you who aren't aware of 538 it's basically a website um, made up by Nate Silver who is very good at statistical analysis um, and this is based off the polling that has come through um, as a result of the South Carolina win um, Sanders's um, chances of taking out states has been lowered and so now Um, Sanders is likely to win California. Um, Sanders is also likely to win um, Massachusetts, um, also Colorado, um, Utah, Maine, Vermont, um, obviously Sanders' home state, um, and to an extent American Samoa as well, so one of the American territories. Um, So that's about... Um, eight, sorry, seven, seven states that are currently sort of in the bag, six to seven states. Uh, but Biden has start, started to level with him in Texas, um, is currently ahead in North Carolina and currently level uh, slightly ahead in Virginia. Um, Tennessee, um, Biden is ahead. Uh, Alabama, uh, Biden is comfortably ahead. Um, Oklahoma and Arkansas also ahead at the moment. Um, So it has made Super Tuesday a two-horse race between Sanders and Biden because not only um, Klobuchar has dropped out of her home state of Minnesota, so she had a uh, 56% likelihood of winning Minnesota, but now that she's dropped off, um, the second most likely person was is Sanders, so he's likely to get Minnesota. And, and the only other state which you know, prior to this was up in the air was Massachusetts, because that is Senator Elizabeth Warren's home state, and yet she is not winning her home state which is a very concerning for her um because yeah it's why you know that's that's it's like why are you still in the race yeah, exactly like still being in the race at this point when it's more likely that sanders is going to take your home state is definitely a statement coming from her like, sticking to yeah her. And, it, and like to an extent it is tough for her because um it, 
if you look at the real clear politics um, polling average, um, there was like a good month where Warren was leading the pack up ah. in um, last year when um, I can't remember it was in November I think or December um, when she. Uh, she was starting to leave the pack. Sorry, apologies. That was October, where she had a brief moment where she led the pack. Um, but now she's dropped down so much that she's at risk of losing in her own home state, which is, you know, very interesting. Um, and, yeah, like, the thing with Warren staying in the race is that it's splitting up the progressive vote at the moment because she is very well known to be... Uh, politically progressive um, given that she has set up the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau which is the American version of the Australian Consumer uh, Competition um, um, Agency here in Australia um, and that's such a big thing to to set up because there was such opposition in Wall Street against uh, you know someone acting as a check on the financial industry, uh, particularly after um, the Wall Street crash of um, 2008. Um, and so she is well known pro- as a progressive firebrand, and yet she's still sticking the race to Sanders's detriment in this case uh, because she is taking uh, quite a few votes from um, potential Sanders supporters because if you look at the morning console poll um, a, a lot of uh, Warren's second uh, a lot of the second choice of Warren supporters is Bernie Sanders uh, which makes sense um, politically because they both are aligned in terms of policy views in many respects um, but yeah yeah, it is interesting how Super Tuesday is shaping up at the moment. But yeah, what are your thoughts, Alexa? Yeah, I think um, 100% will definitely have a better idea of who's likely to get the nomination by the end of Super Tuesday. Um, but there is, like, both Sanders and Biden have um, high likelihoods of taking out quite a few states each. And especially in the case of Massachusetts, as you said, with... Um, Warren not having like most likely chance of taking out her own home state and if Sanders does take that out there'll be a major hit to her as well and we'll see whether she actually does continue after that I think will be really interesting to keep up with as well. Yeah for sure because she has openly stated in uh, the recent uh, South Carolina debate that she would um, stay in um, to uh, to try and fight a contested convention if she needed to which is um, a bit problematic in some way because um, when you think about it, it has to narrow down to two candidates. And given that she is currently in fourth place amongst uh, five candidates, you know, it's very unlikely that they, you know, it would narrow down to just her and Sanders. It will be more likely to be out of Biden or Bloomberg to be that second um, rival against Sanders in the convention if it had to come down to it. Um, but yeah, one thing of note is that um, California and Texas are the two biggest um, states that are giving off delegates um, in this case. Um, and California, Bernie Sanders has in pretty much in the bag with the 91% likelihood of taking it. Um, but Texas will be the state to look out for, and this will be looking um, as the battleground state for Super Tuesday, because while it is the second biggest uh, state in terms of delegate count, it is also an interesting state because 
Um, if you were not aware, Texas is currently their senator is currently Senator Ted Cruz. Um, a well-known conservative, and so Texas is more of a red state at the moment. Um, but this is the state to look out for because in 2020, when we go towards the presidential election, um, also the Congress um, seats are up for grabs, and there are a whole lot of Republican seats that are up for grabs in Congress in 2020. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where this state goes, whether it's um, towards Sanders, um, a well-known Democratic Socialist, or, Ber- or Joe Biden, a well-known centrist in this case, um, because that will give a really good indication of not only um, where the state lies, but what the future lies in terms of the presidential race in Um, towards the end of 2020 Um, so yeah definitely one to look out for because um, Texas is demographically quite diverse Um, it's um, rapidly becoming a more urbanized area and also um, their Latino population is um, increasing as well because in Texas, it is 40%. Um, so according to the Brookings Institute, it is 40% Hispanic and 40% white. So it's an equal uh, split um, between um, white and Hispanic voters. And um, looking at the Nevada breakdown of, of voters, that is the two sort of areas that Bernie Sanders it does excel in, um, with Texas only having a 12% black population. So the demographics is currently in Sanders' favour, but we'll have to wait and see tomorrow whether that translates into primary votes or not. But yeah, any final thoughts, Alexa? Yeah, I think just definitely something to keep on top of and see how it all ends up playing out in the next 24 Um, (laughs) hours-ish. And... Depending on when you listen yeah, to this podcast. To this. <laughs> um, but we will definitely see what happens and then have a much better idea who is likely to get the Democratic nomination after that, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, up next, we'll be uh, talking about some other races to watch um, in tomorrow's race because it's not only um, uh, Democratic primary races that are going on, but also some congressional special elections and primary races going on for Congress as well. So finally, in terms of um, this week, we're going to be looking at races that will be ones to watch aside from the presidential primary races going on. Um, Because on Super Tuesday, it's not only the presidential um, primaries going on, but also some congressional seats that are up for grabs. And the ones that we would advise you to watch would be the races in California's 25th district um, for Congress and also Texas's 28th district as well. And why have I chosen, well firstly why are these seats going up for grabs on um, Super Tuesday? Well in terms of California's 25th district, um, the original congresswoman for this seat was uh, Congresswoman Katie Hill which began her two year term in uh, 2018 Um, but she garnered a fair bit of um, um, uh, criticism and um, news attention um, and for the House ethics um, investigation into her having um, an inappropriate uh, relationship with a staffer and also some um, leaked um, photos of her online by her um, ex-husband. 
Um, and so she subsequently resigned from her seat and now this seat is now up for grabs um, for uh, the next representative to serve out her remaining term this year but also to um, possibly run for the next term beyond 2020. Um, in terms of the uh, Texas 28th district, um, so if you're unaware of how primary works, it's basically um, a group of people who believe they can um, challenge the sitting person um, in that seat. And so this race is garnering a lot of attention because it's the first time uh, representative, uh, the incumbent at least, Henry Cuellar, is being challenged by someone who is posing a serious challenge to him. Um, because if you are unaware of who Representative Henry Cuellar is, and I guess a lot of you aren't in Australia, um, he is the Democrat with the highest um, voting um the highest amount of votes aligned with Donald Trump. So he has about 75% of his votes that are aligned with um, Donald Trump. Given he is a Democrat, you might think that's slightly problematic. Um, and so in terms of this uh, seat, you've got um, uh, Jessica Cisneros, who is challenging uh, Henry Cuellar in his uh, congressional seat. Um, and you can really see the effects of this because um, after her nomination and not long after it, in this year's uh, congressional sitting, Henry Cuellar only voted um, and aligned himself with Donald Trump only 15% of the time in his uh, congressional voting this year. And so you can really see an effect on it. Um, and so in terms of California's 25th district, you've got a progressive challenger, uh, Cenk Uger, who is a uh, well-known progressive um, media personality who hosts his own show, The Young Turks. Um, and why have I brought these two to the fore to for your attention to look out for in Super Tuesday? Well, they're both of them have a similar uh, policy platform um, in terms of their progressive leanings, and they are also uh, both. So, in terms of Jessica Cisneros, she is backed by a group called the Justice Democrats. Now, this group were, gave rise to um, the Progressive Congress uh, Women, otherwise known as the Squad. Badass name, I know. Um, who backed uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, uh, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, um, and Ayanna Presley. Um, and they are, they are very progressive in terms of their policy platform. So they refuse to take um, any corporate money donations or um, union money. Um, they back the Green New Deal, which aims to transition the country towards um, a renewable energy and a, re a green economy. Um, also, Medicare for All, ensuring that everyone has um, health insurance, in that case, public health insurance, and a $15, min uh, $15 minimum wage. And to give you an idea, the, currently the federal minimum wage is only $7.50 uh, per hour. Now, 
both of these people, cons uh, both of these challengers, consider themselves as outsiders going against the insiders of the Washington establishment uh, in terms of the California 25th district. Um, the uh, the person who is challenging, who Cenk Hugo is challenging, is Christy Smith, who has been backed up by uh, the Democratic leadership, so Nancy Pelosi, but also um, a lot of the media has um, endorsed her um, and and a lot and sorry Katie Hill the original um, congresswoman for this seat has backed her as well so much of the um, establishment has backed her up um, and same thing with Henry Cuellar in this case with much of the leadership and the establishment backing him as well um, so it is interesting to see um, where this goes um, but in terms of um, what comes out of it i reckon in my analysis at least that we might be in for a bit of a surprise uh, whether or not they win or not it's a real good chance of them winning but why i say that is because many of the policy proposals and the platform that they are running on so no corporate pack money no money in politics medicare for all those are popular issues in the american public because in terms of money and politics, so 77% of the, so this is according to a Pew Research uh, poll, 77% um, of the public believes that there should be laws against, uh, placing a limit at least, on money and politics. And it's a very bipartisan issue with Republicans and Democrats uh, agreeing to the same thing. 70% of Americans support Medicare for All. Um, and also the Green New Deal, um, so Americans have a high, so there's a majority of Americans who believe um, environmental issues should be to the fore. And so I think the key to both of their campaigns is their money and politics a pledge uh, because it's really aligning towards the Bernie Sanders um, angle of um, getting money out of politics. But yeah, what do you think about this, Alexa? Yeah, I think 100%. And as you said, the fact that they're like regarding like money in politics and even Medicare for all and the minimum wage, a lot of those policies do kind of align with Bernie Sanders' views. And do you kind of think that how this turns out will be kind of parallel to how the Bernie Sanders v. Biden also turns out in the same states on Super Tuesday. Well, yeah, it would be very interesting because the, the Democratic primary voters who are voting for um, in these two districts will be voting not only for the um, presidential nominee for the Democratic side, but also whoever replaces these uh, two Congress people um, in Congress as well. And so I think there will be an alignment of whoever wins the the district at least will probably be representative of the state in this case um obviously i'd be a bit careful in trying to translate um district uh, polling towards nationwide because obviously each district has their own different demographics and all but i think if there was to be any takeout of this, it would be to see whether or not outsiders in this case um, are on the rise. Um, because we saw what happened in 2016 with Bernie Sanders trying to um, win the nomination. He came close, but he didn't reach it. But he really pushed himself as the outsider candidate. And obviously, we know what happened on the Republican side with uh, Donald Trump being elected. And he was heavily um, against uh, draining the swamp. 
and really pushing himself as that outsider candidate. Um, so it will be interesting to see whether or not this still holds true in the age of Donald Trump, whether or not we are still very hyper-focused on getting Trump out to overlook um, such outsiders and going for a safe candidate, or maybe uh, um, people are dissatisfied with uh, President Trump and maybe still wanting to quote and to try and break the windows out in the sense so yeah it'll be interesting to see where the races go but you know definitely tune in on super tuesday um, towards all the media outlets because it will be a very super day um for anyone who's interested in u.s politics but yeah um thanks for listening to this episode of the disunited states of america here a sin podcast we've been your host Viet. Anna. Alexa. And you can keep up to date and let us know what you thought of the show on our socials by following us at facebook.com slash TDSA on Facebook. Next week, we will be recapping the Super Tuesday results, what it means going forward, and what our projections and analysis of what will happen at the Democratic primary convention at the end of the primary process. But if you want to hear this episode again or catch up on any of our future episodes, you can find our podcast on Omni at the United States of America. And remember, we're not the fake news media. Until next week, bye-bye. bye-bye.